0: show I'm Lisa Johns and Stuart Maurice is with me and so is Hamish yes Uh, you are listening to the Sunday Sports Travel before today you may not have heard the name Aaron Royal but you should and you will the 23 year old St George cricket player is about to embark on an incredible mission that will see him run 18 marathons in eight months all around Australia and he's doing it for a mighty cause he joins us on the line good morning Aaron morning how are you guys I'm very well thanks for joining us
1: good mate what are you up to you outside training
0: uh yeah just um about halfway oh, through a pretty long
2: run actually and um, <laughs> got, got, got lost the time actually so i'm about two and a half hours in but um yeah
1: <laughs> all right so you want to give us a little bit of a rundown of, of what you're going to be up to over the next eight months
2: yeah so actually what i'm going to be doing is as Scott got said but uh 18 marathons in, in eight months. Um, what I'm going to be doing is uh, I'm starting off in, um, in Sydney and I'm going to be heading north and driving um, one big lap around Australia and competing in all registered marathons around Australia and all cities um, and cities and states. And it's a bit unique because I'm going to be living out of the back of my car. So um, it's going to be pretty much a solo effort. And, yeah, all, all registered marathons and um, all 18 of them.
3: You're you're mad.
0: Eighteen months, uh, sorry, eighteen marathons in eight months is almost eight hundred kilometres. It's either incredibly brave or incredibly stupid. Why are you doing it?
2: Um, yeah. Look, I, I don't come from a, a running background at all. No, I've 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 seen sort of firsthand you know, what mental health um can do to to mental health issues can do to people and you know the effects they can have on on friends and families and. Um, and relationships, and, um, you know, I just wanted to to put my hand up and, and try to make some awareness out of this. So, sort of, you know, six months ago, you know, like, I was, I was in a you know, frame of mind myself, and, um, you know, everyone goes through those those stages in, in life, and, um, you know, the reason I'm doing this is to just say that, you know, like, you can you can be down, and, and that's all right, but, you know, it's, it's, it's just temporary, you know, you've you, you you got a temporary... Amount of, of pain, and I'm going to be going through it with, with my runs and stuff. But you know, it's only it's only temporary, and you can see the um, rewards on the other end. So all the all what I'm doing it for is to raise obviously raise awareness. That's the that's the main thing, and then there's the uh, the money side of things as well. So I'm trying to raise as, as much money as I can, and that's all the money going to be going to the educational side of things for the Black Dog Institute.
1: Right. So how do you prepare for such an undertaking. Like, how how are you getting yourself ready for this?
0: I would suggest the Couch to Five K app on the. <laughs> 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 um,
2: it's just a lot of running. I've uh, um, i was coached by Jock uh, Campbell. He's, he does a, a, a lot of work with a lot of cricketers in the in the in the area and Sydney cricket grade competition. And um, look, he's put me through a pretty hectic schedule. You um, know, I can. Any given week, I can run up to 100k's a week with a couple of long runs in between, and a lot of soft sand stuff, and hills, and mixed with bikes, and you know. So preparing, you know, it's 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 been quite it's been quite difficult, but you know, on the other side of things, it's very rewarding, and running wearing a smile on my face. So yeah, look, um, a lot of a lot of running, and then there's obviously the recovery side of things, and um, I've got a few people help me out. um, So you know, it's 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 been uh, Fantastic effort from everyone that's been involved and put their hand out to, to help out in the in the projects of the journey. And your physio
1: must think you're absolutely mad.
2: Yeah, I've got some boys, um, I move and Miranda, they, they they do a fantastic job for me. They they do think I'm a little bit mad. <laughs> that's what everyone sort of says at, at first. But as as, you, as I said, before, you know, if they're all helping me get to to what I want to get to. Um, and you know, it's a, it's a fantastic thing to see people you know, put put other people before themselves.
3: So what sort of time would you run for a marathon?
2: So the, the aim is just to, to complete the 18, but I'm sort of on track to go, you know, sub four, which is around about yeah. just under five minute Ks. Yeah, um, that's, for 42, so, that's very good, yeah. Um, yeah. What's
0: your resting heart rate, Aaron? Um, to be honest, I've never actually, uh, never actually checked that. Check, check your
1: Fitbit, mate. Your Fitbit. <laughs> uh, I've got a question for you. Um. Crunch some numbers for us. What what sort of numbers are we looking at over over the eight months?
2: In terms of how, how far will you
1: run? How far will you drive? Because I suppose you, you're you're yeah. competing probably all over Australia, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be well, it's going to be around about twenty five thousand k's by car, and that's you know going from from on to mouth on, and then um, in terms of k's, it's, it's probably close to close to eight hundred, which is it's about Sydney to Melbourne. If that gives you a bit of an idea of of, of um, K's.
3: It's Cliff Young. <laughs> it's, it's, it
2: gives us uh,
1: an idea of how much bone you're going to go through and how much uh, rubber sole you'll yeah. go through on your
0: shoes. I hope you've got um, a good shoe sponsor. Yeah. How, how old are you, Aaron? 23. 23.
2: Um, yeah, I'm still looking for that, actually. Um, uh, if anyone wants to get in contact with a shoe sponsor, I'm more than happy to.
3: Um, oh, might Kingsgrave might Sport. I might, might, might have to help
1: <laughs> you out there. Um, maybe Chad Porter, former St. George cricketer from your from your cricket club. Works for Puma, Chad. If you're listening, uh, we've got a challenge for you. Let's yeah. let's get on board here and, and help out. So, how can how can um, the punters out there uh, the help couch you out? dwellers? Yes. How can we help you out?
2: So, I've got a I've got a website um, www dot lap for lives l a p the number four and then lives. Basically, it's it's got my whole um, itinerary marathon to marathon, and then there's a big donation button where if you want to. If you want to contribute to the the overall um, target, that'll be very beneficial. And you know, every every dollar adds up. And I'm, eight, I'm aiming for 18,000 um, 18, for the eighteen runs. I'm currently sitting at I think, I think it's just under seven. And I don't know it, there's a, been a lot of my mates and a lot of cricketers and and um, friends and family and small businesses around the area that have chipped in. So I'm I'm very humble and appreciative of all, of all that. So yeah, that's that's the aim, the eighteen thousand. So if anyone wants to to go to the the website and chuck a bit of money in that, in that and that's account. That's a go. That's yeah. a GoFundMe page? Yeah, it's a, it's a GoFundMe page and um, every cent of that's going to go yeah. straight in the pocket
0: of Black Dog. I was looking at your um, Laps for Lives webpage during the week, Aaron, and um, I did look at your itinerary. Some nice places you're going to be running in, but there's there's a marathon three days after Christmas. Are you mad? You're going to have to forego the Christmas pudding.
2: That's carbo-loading. Carbo-loading, yes. <laughs> Uh, ah yeah, yeah, well no, it's it's, it's gives me a good excuse to um to get stuck into the uh into the pudding and
0: the chicken. And and where's cricket going to sit this year for you? So you obviously the first part of the season you'll be running around Australia. So uh, uh, the button ball being put to the side.
2: Yeah, look, it's, it's it was pretty tough. I uh, announced it to. Um, all my cricket mates. Um, just recently, that I wasn't going to be playing again. And as I sort of alluded to before, I'm, I'm very close with a lot of a lot of the players, and it was hard to say but you know, you know, something a little bit little bit more important than cricket. I love my cricket, but yeah, this sort of came came uh, in front. So um, hopefully it can um, help me out in my concentration. But when I get back with yep. my mm. batting, cause I need it.
1: Yeah, well, you had a well, <laughs> you, you had a pretty good season this year. Probably a bit of a breakout season for you in terms of how you've gone. Um, with the other seasons, you sort of got to your, your highest grade at the moment and, you know, maybe not too far away from a, from a first-grade call-up. But I guess, as you said, that there's a bigger picture out there for you. Uh, uh, what what have been your experiences with, with depression? Why have you decided to exactly support this cause? It's, it's one of those
2: things that, you know, it's, it's hard to pinpoint... Exact time or something that goes on in your life where you go, you know, this, this is, um, this is, this has been the, you know, for me, for me personally, um, you know, a couple of build up of, of things and you don't, you can't really, it's, it's one of those things that's hard to explain, but I know that, that running for me was just a way to, to get out of a bit of a hole that I was in. Like I, I lost a lot of passion for a lot of things that I was doing and, you know, cricket was one of those things where, I lost a bit of passion for it and I, I couldn't really tell you why like I still love the game and as you said i was I was performing well and you know those are supposed to be all the you know the good times but yeah. Yeah, so so running for me was just a, a way to to release everything and you know I sort of started running five ks and build it up to ten 15 20 and then you know all of a sudden I'm getting close to that marathon mark and I sort of said to myself you know why can't I why can't I make a little bit of awareness out of this? And I'm sure there's a lot of people who are in a similar position, you know, just having a, ba- having a bit of a bad time and are looking at some sort of release. So, um, yeah, as I said, running was, running has been, and will continue to be a, a, big, a big, thing for me. Yeah.
1: So, as as we talk to you, are you actually running now, or have you, yeah, ha- have, um, you have you stopped?
2: Yeah, I've, I've, I've stopped right now, but I'm. Um, and sort of at Cornell, so I was hoping that um the reception didn't, didn't drop out. it Seems pretty good at the moment. But, yeah, it's been, um, <laughs> yeah there's, I've just been running around. There's relay for life going with Cronulla at the moment, ah, so right. I did about yeah twenty k's worth of, of the track there, and I went to Cornell and the time time got the um the better of me. So I was hoping just to be in a room quiet, but <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, like, actually I know what you were saying there about uh, the running and. I did quite a bit of it over many, many years, and it was always very peaceful out there on the road. But, of course, at age 60 now, I've had a hip replacement. Uh, So I'll give you the name of my surgeon because (laughs) you're
2: going to need it. I reckon he's going to (laughs) need it. Yeah, I might say that again, in case.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, mate, but really, um, great, great initiative. Um, We commend you for... For the effort and the the punishment you're going to put your body through, but all in the name of a a very good cause, a very relevant cause at the moment. We're going to be talking a little bit more about this subject, especially when it comes to to sports people and athletes. And and, uh, it seems to be out there in the media and and ever so present in in a lot of sports people's lives. So well done, Aaron. Good luck with it all. Hopefully the, the listeners out there will, will jump on board and we'll uh, have more support coming your way.
0: We are about to put your uh, website up on our Facebook page, so everyone out there listening, please go and check out Aaron's page and stick your hand in your pocket and dig deep because it is a very good cause that Aaron's trying to bring into focus. So as Haim said, we do wish you all the very best.
2: Uh, no, I appreciate it. Thanks for the thanks for the call and thanks for your time, guys.
0: Not, Not a, a problem.
1: problem. All the best, mate.
0: Keep running. (laughs) That was Aaron Royal. What a a remarkable young man with a remarkable mission ahead of him. You are listening to the Sunday Sports Wrap. Little did we know the topic was going to explode in the media when we stumbled upon the topic of life after sport last week, but explode it did. Four Corners aired a story during the week featuring Belinda Hocking. Stephanie Rice, Nathan Bracken, Lauren Jackson, Courtney Dempsey and they also touched on the Dan Vickerman story and put their struggles in their life after sport directly in the spotlight. A few days later the Sydney Morning Herald published a story that former Parramatta Eels forward Brett Hornsnell uh, is taking legal action against the club over mental health issues he's endured following his career in league, which will be a landmark case and Mm. have huge ramifications, not just in league, but in sport in general in this country when that hearing takes place on May 22. But before we discuss this topic, I think think we should differentiate between the two parts that are making up the debate. And I think that there are two parts. Uh, Mental health doesn't discriminate. And being an athlete doesn't protect you from it, nor does your pay packet, and that's a very real problem, and we acknowledge that. What's also a problem, uh, which is a second part, is I think the lack of preparedness our athletes are afforded to manage with life after sport in regards to employment and finances. And I think that there's an important difference there. But, boys, what have you made of the story? Look, I think the
1: thing for me that comes out is, like, going back five years, I wasn't even aware of this in sport. No. Because we always just looked at our athletes. They're put on a pedestal, and you, you keep them that way. But I guess whether it's just the times we live in, everything's coming out now. And I think it's very relevant because looking deeper into it, uh, from the outset you can think, right, Their lives are perfect. They earn a lot of money for doing what they love. Mm. But when you really, you know, look or dig a little bit deeper into everything, there there are massive problems that these guys have to face—guys and girls, sorry—that they they face by being an athlete. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Stu, do you have any thoughts on it?
3: It seemed to me that, um, like back in the old days, the footballers and stuff like would finish their careers and just go on with life.
0: There wasn't such the media attention yeah, probably and not scrutiny, the media though, attention. those days. Um, yeah,
3: it's, it's surprising me. I, may, I think it may be just a more of a modern thing where...
0: Do you think more people are prepared to talk about it now? I something? think it's
1: awareness. Yeah. That's what it is.
0: I, I, I know I've suffered depression myself through,
3: you know, I had a very black period at work a couple of times. Mm. I went I through went about a year and another for about three years, and I was really... Really down. I managed to pull myself out of it, but I never really I re- never really realised it until afterwards. But yeah, I suppose I never spoke about it. I never, never said yeah. a word about it. But
0: I think people are more prepared to talk about it these days, and I think that's potentially why it's on our radar. I feel like the reason for the ill preparation for life after professional sport is is potentially twofold, And not. Look, I'm sure it's multifaceted, and and there's only two points that I'm touching on. I think the clubs and the governing bodies just drop the athletes like a hot potato and throw them on the rubbish heap as quick as you can blink once their career is over and they're of no, I don't want to say use, uh, in inverted commas, to them. where I, So I feel like a potentially an exit strategy, if you will, would be beneficial for the clubs to put those players through as well as education strategies throughout their entire career. So I think the responsibility lies with the employer as well as the employee, so the athlete. And I think them not thinking past their career, sometimes perhaps neglecting to safeguard themselves for when the paychecks do stop. Now, I acknowledge that it is incredibly difficult to do that, given the focus and drive that you need to be the best. I think this probably applies a little bit more to like Olympic sports where funding is low and performance it's performance-based and mark the marketing windows are narrow if you think about the Olympics only coming around every four years. But, you know, thinking along the lines of footballers, they've got a little bit more responsibility perhaps in regards to the size of their paychecks and fiscal responsibility. Like I think about the American um, college system where it puts um, – Puts their grades before the sport. You don't perform at school, you don't get to play. So, is that potentially something we can do here? I think that the other part of the problem, potentially, and Haim, you touched on it, is I think as a society, we're to blame a bit. The sport loving culture that we are, we hold it so dear in this country, has potentially created a monster. We put athletes on the pedestal and tell them over and over again that they're special. We fawn all over them, give them special treatment, we pay them a lot of money, and then When the lights fade, people are no longer fawning over them. We no longer put them on that pedestal and then they're left thinking, but you said I was special. Like, There's a disconnect there. So
1: for me, it's learning how to deal with that Yeah, would be basically, I don't know, solving the issue, but it would be covering the issue a little bit better Mm. because one of the more interesting quotes I read from a sports person talking about this subject is as a, as a sports person, you die two deaths.
0: Yeah, that was Lauren Jackson actually on the and, on the and, Four Corners and one program. one is when you,
1: you obviously stop yep. playing sport, and the other one yeah. is when you you finally do come.
0: They have a we we kind of and rightly so. I mean, they have a whole lot of self worth about what they do, and their feats are pretty special. But at the end of the day, they're just like you and me. Like yep. they have bills to pay, they things like that. But we we continually reinforce to them that that you know they're special. And as I said, when the lights fade. Lauren, like as Lauren said, it feels like they've they've kind of died. Where's where's the Lauren Jackson, the basketballer? Now she's gone.
1: And I think you know it's a build up of things that that don't necessarily happen at the end of your career. Mm. I think with Lauren Jackson in particular, she said the expectations and and wanting your body to to stay fit to do the job that you're paid to do meant that she reverted to or yeah. ended up taking um, a lot of
0: painkillers
1: and sleeping tablets and stuff like that
0: and they are getting paid to perform and those higher athletes that everyone wants on the court they're getting paid the big bickies they're expected to be there you know they do tend to be pushed further beyond so you know if i broke my finger for example i would you know not play basketball for five weeks Mm. but for lauren jackson you know they're gonna go there's nothing that you'll be fine just tape it up out Mm. you go here's your paycheck so, yeah. you know, they, they do put their body through a lot to achieve what they're doing. But, yeah, it's it's a very big disconnect yeah. when their yeah. career is over.
3: Well, so you, you just mentioned that and it just brought back that memory of where I dislocated my finger playing that indoor netball thing. <laughs> yes. And you wouldn't put it back in. No. And I had to go to the hospital and I couldn't play anything for weeks. But you see a footballer dislocate a finger. They go out, pull it back in, right. tape Keep it playing. up and off he goes. That's it. And uh, like, yeah. there's no way in the world I could have done that.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I suppose one of the, the other things to look at here is you've got to then deal with all those, you know, your body's got to deal with that after, yeah. after sport. Look, many of them um, continue to, to stay involved in the sport. I think that's one of the things, like, and I, I know, you know I never really played a, a great level of cricket, played a little bit of first grade and stuff like that. But for me, finishing up was pretty easy. Mm. I didn't have any sort of mm. issues with stopping playing but I think that was because A I, I'm you know, I, I took on cricket coaching so I was still yeah. involved in the game and, and I stayed involved through the management committee with my club. So I don't yeah. feel I'm missing out on that. The other thing is mateship. Mm. You know, you're you're living your life virtually with these guys and you yeah. become very close to them. All of a sudden you stop playing. That's it. And the the nature of the beast is you don't you don't have that circle of friends around you and hopefully they they stay in touch and stuff like that, but it's not...
0: It's not the same. It's not,
1: you know, we're out there killing for each other. Mm,
0: um, you're not experiencing that um, together. Field, if you know what yeah, I mean, yeah. you know. And and some of those team sports where the other players continue with their career and, and you retire, yep. they kind of... Life moves on and you kind of go, well, hang on, what about me? You've left me behind. Yeah. But, yeah, when they... And a lot of the... Um, And their troubles were around that. A lot of the athletes were talking about that, but they were also talking about their lack of employability and things like that. So Belinda Hocking was really struggling to get a job. So Mm -hmm. I guess that's the other flip side of the coin about being prepared for the second part of your life, if you will. And I think that that's where potentially we can be better At preparing our athletes, and I think there's a bit more responsibility around the governing bodies and clubs Mm. and things like that. I know a lot of clubs are starting to do that in regards to courses and TAFE and things like that. In fact, I heard uh, one of the Papua New Guinea players from last night has actually just recently finished his degree in business studies, which is fantastic. So Mm -hmm. he's got a foundation there to build upon once the career is over and once the paychecks stop. Mm. I think we need to be better at saying yes focus on your your sport but do not neglect your future career
3: yeah well that's probably the biggest problem i suppose is the guys that aren't prepared uh, don't actually invest their money wisely and, well, and do the right it. thing they they come from earning uh, 500 million dollars a year and they've got to go out and find a job and get about 50 or sixty thousand a year well you it's mean, a huge different uh, you get used to a certain lifestyle
0: I agree and I think that that's where potentially clubs need to step in and go yes you're getting paid fantastic money right now but at one point this paycheck's going to stop I think potentially we need to set up like you know I, I, a I trust personally. or something so that when you retire that the million dollars you're getting for the last six years or the half a million dollars you're getting for the last eight years whatever yep. is going to be able to allow you a buffer for when you finish a sport yeah you that's know.
1: that's more the job of the the player manager yeah also well, I, I,
3: I suppose that's yeah the, that's the player manager i remember i go back to the mid 80s where i was working in the in a bank in a certain area and a a high-profile first grader who was an old friend of mine, we used to, I used to referee him in the juniors, come and see me for a personal loan. He was on big money. Yeah. And, and you, he wanted to buy himself a big flashy car. And yeah. he said, I get paid every six months. He said, they give me half half money and then half money at the end of the year. And because uh, I gave him the loan, he couldn't <laughs> he didn't make any payments, and I was chasing him, and the uh, CEO of the club come out to see me, and he said, look, how much do I need to pay you to, to fix this up? Yep. And... You mm. paid it, and th- these guys just living beyond their means. Yeah,
1: and uh, obviously uh, we've had a bit of this in the media in recent times—the gambling issues as well. Mm. And mm. I guess that's just ways um, of handling the pressures of, of sport and 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 a lot of downtime, especially when they're injured. Mm. You know what yeah. do you do?
3: Or you sit on a roof and drink.
0: Well, and when you're cruiser. injured, is that not the? In, that's not the perfect opportunity to go and do a. A course or something or... Yeah, Look, yeah. I know, my, my experience is... I guess it's easy is, for me to sit here and say that.
1: My experiences with Cricket New South Wales as a as a governing body of um, cricket in New South Wales is that, you know, they are trying to do things for the players mm. in order to, to better them and, and have them ready. So, you know, they're, they're, the Australian Players Association also take responsibility mm. of looking after the welfare of players. There's the men in league... They are fantastic. So, I mean, there, there, there's there's organisations that are obviously doing great job out there, and and their workload is probably getting bigger and bigger.
3: Mm.
0: I wonder how much we. I wonder if we are seeing it more because the money on the table is bigger than it was in the past. Yeah, money's
3: money's amazing these days.
0: So, like last night, I was looking through the the Gillaroo's and uh, you know all the player profiles. And all but three of them had the space filled out for occupation. And there was, you know, medical receptionist, as I said, Ruan Sims, firefighter. Another one was a full-time student. Another one was, you know, they've got occupations. They're not getting paid the big bickies. Mm. So I think money and the size of the paychecks we're giving our athletes also is probably contributing to this problem. It comes
1: down to the individual also, you you might be motivated or your parents might have brought you up to like, you know, you can't rely on your sport, you might not make it. You know, it's mm. give or take. You might get an injury. Yeah. You need your fallback. So get your head down in the books, study. And but there's also I guess families and stuff out there where that particular sport is their life. Yeah. Mm. And to get that good, they probably didn't put much effort into their the, Still, yeah. And again, school. it's the
0: reinforcement, you're special. You mm. don't need to worry about this, but it's not going to last forever.
1: The other thing is I think, you know, we're talking about how we need to look after our junior athletes, and I think sometimes we we pamper them a little bit too much. I agree, yeah. yeah.
0: We give them that special treatment. and. Yep. We build them up, put them on the pedestal, and they get used to it. So, I, yeah, look, it's an it's a very interesting topic. It's a very interesting debate. There's lots online about it. I actually posted one of the stories on the Sunday Sports Wrap Facebook page during the week. So, look... Yeah, as I said, very interesting. and There's lots to talk about. It's very multifaceted and I don't think we're going to be able to solve all the problems here. But I'm um, sure we can. <laughs> it's been a great chat. And as I said, we did want to differentiate between the fact that mental health is a real problem and we acknowledge that and it doesn't differentiate between an athlete and a non-athlete. And uh, if you have any troubles or anything we've discussed this morning's been difficult for you, please, there are things out there like Lifeline on 13, 11, 14. Yeah.